My guess is you're going to brush your teeth later. You might want to try brushing with Quip. You can get an electric Quip toothbrush for just 25 bones. And if you go to getquip.com slash explained right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash explained. Remember when candidate Donald Trump used to talk a lot of trash about China? They're making it impossible for our businesses, our companies to compete. They think we're run by a bunch of idiots. And what, what's going on with China is unbelievable. That was then. This is now. Yeah, China's great. And she is a great gentleman. He's now president for life. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. He's, hey, look, he was able to do that. I think it's great. Maybe we'll have to give that a shot someday. <laughs> He's the most powerful president in 100 years, you know, person in the 100 years in China. That's a recording CNN got a hold of President Trump speaking at a private lunch at Mar-a-Lago on Saturday. Hopefully, he was joking. But over in China, Xi Jinping is not. Today, the Chinese parliament begins its big annual conference. The main event is a vote on term limits. Xi Jinping requested they go away, and everyone expects they'll be gone by Sunday. So what does it mean that the president of one-fifth of all the human beings on planet Earth just decided he's never stepping down? I'm Sean Ramos from This is Today Explained. So it's not every day you elect a forever president, but China did in 2013 and didn't even know it until about a week ago. China's Communist Party preparing constitutional changes that would eliminate presidential term limits and allow President Xi to basically stay in power indefinitely. It sets Xi up to be the most powerful leader of China since Mao Zedong. If you want to take after Chairman Mao, you have to start early. Xi Jinping is what's known as a princeling. He is the closest thing to Chinese royalty, which means that his father was one of the founding leaders of China. Jiayang Fan writes about China for The New Yorker. His father was what's called an old party elder. Um, He was head of the Chinese Communist Party's propaganda. Department. When he was purged um, under Mao, uh, he was purged several times. He was then rehabilitated um, and rose again to prominent Chinese office. But the experience, I think, must have taught Xi, his son, how volatile Chinese politics is. Hmm. Xi Jinping subsequently um, took much more low-key route to power um, when his fellow princelings were enjoying the privilege of living in Beijing. He, at age 29, went down to uh, the outer provinces, to Hebei, and became a minor party secretary, Um, really kept his head down. At one point, donated his Sudan, you know, a rare privilege at the time for anyone to be having a car. And, and the fact that he had the political acumen 
not to use it himself, but to give it to party elders, gives you a sense of the kind of strategic politician that he was and is. And at that point, he you know gradually rose. He had a real knack for courting the right allies and mm. removing political obstacles out of his way. And that's how he gradually became party leader of progressively larger, you know, cities and uh, ultimately became the uh, vice president of the country and then uh, became, you know, the president. And now president for life. But actually, Xi Jinping is about to be much more than just president for life. Uh, Xi Jinping is the leader of China. He holds three different posts. Carl Minzner teaches people about China at Fordham Law School. Uh, one is the president of China, which is a state position. It's kind of like a, it's a more of a symbolic post uh, head of state. The real power lies in the other two, which is as the general secretary of the Communist Party and as the head of the military. All that power makes Xi Jinping more emperor than president. And Carl says Xi's triple crown, state, party, military, is why his move to abolish term limits is such a big deal. Five years ago, there was quite the logical expectation that what would happen would be that Xi Jinping would step down in 2022, 2023. With the Uh removal of these term limits in the Constitution, that also sets up the likelihood, the extremely strong likelihood, that going forward, Xi Jinping is likely to serve in all three roles indefinitely into the future, which, of course, would be a significant reversal from recent practice since the beginning of China's reform era. So this is less like Bloomberg giving himself an extra term and more like Putin pretending to yes. go away and then coming back, huh? That's exactly well, but notice that you don't even have to come back. You just stay right, on. Right, but in permanently. this case it's even it's even better for, for Right. I mean, if, if you think about it, Putin even felt the the obligation after his two terms were up to take the step of having Medvedev come in as president for 5 years. Yeah. But this is a situation where you're just changing the you know, the, the constitution to make it possible uh, for you to stay on in the presidency. So Putin's the obvious example to compare uh, Xi Jinping to, but how, how how does this situation differ other than the fact that he didn't even step away? I mean, how are they monopolizing power in, in the country similarly or, or differently? You have to remember where the PRC came from. I mean, for the first three decades of the People's Republic of China from 1949 to 1978, we were in the Maoist era. Okay. Power was highly concentrated in a single individual who cultivated a cult of personality. You know, the bureaucracy was roiled daily, weekly by internal struggles and purges. High officials would fall in and out of favor from with Mao on a, on a, on a regular basis. The beginning of the reform era back in 1978 and uh, early 1980s was an effort by Chinese leaders who were scarred by the, that exper- experience to seek to put the you know Chinese political system on a more stable footing. Uh, sure, it still would be a one-party system, but it was going to be collective leadership instead of one-man rule. It was going to be uh, bureaucratic norms rather than just whatever Mao happened to wake up and say in the morning. And I think one of the real risks that China faces, which is, you know, an important thing to pay attention to, is how much of some of those earlier problems and earlier instability might start to reemerge as China sort of begins to walk back towards the path of a more, you know, personalized authoritarian system. Huh. So they put in these term limits after Mao, no more dictators. 
how is Xi Jinping the first to try and abolish the term limits? Surely he wasn't the first leader since Mao to want to stick around. Right. Well, I mean, that, that, that is an interesting question. And I, I think in comparison to his immediate predecessor, I mean, he has definitely wielded power in a stronger way. The question of how he managed to pull that off is a really interesting one. And, it, uh, you know, if I was you know trying to provide my own answer to that, I would say it was a step-by-step progression of taking out his rivals one by one. I don't know if, you know, the audience might remember, but immediately after coming into office, there was a spectacular scandal in which Bo Xilai, one of these other competitors for top power, uh, ended up falling out of favor, huge scandal uh, involving the death of a, of a British citizen. Tonight we go to China where there's a new development in the international murder case that has shaken the highest levels of the Communist Party. Arguably in which his wife was, was implicated. And, and she sort of used that as the first effort to take out uh, a political rival. The wife of Chinese politician Bo Shalai was charged with the murder of British businessman Neil Haywood. Bo had been a prominent Communist Party official expected to rise to national leadership until his dismissal in March derailed his political career and well, threw the leadership in the country into turmoil. After that, he then began to go after the security czar. Subsequent uh -huh. years, you started to see certain generals fall. So I think it was a very savvy step-by-step -step campaign where you begin to sort of take out one person and then mobilize support within the bureaucracy for going after him that person. And then you say, well, then the next person has to go is this person. And at the end uh -huh. of a couple of years, lo and behold, you've created an atmosphere, which once was collective leadership. Now you actually have managed to cow a lot of folks and impose your own stamp on what was a pretty, you know, divided and unruly uh, party bureaucracy. And it's pretty impressive just, you know, from a tactical political sense, how somebody uh, could have pulled that off. Certainly ten, five, five years ago, I would have said, well, you know, China's sort of a, a party oligarchy in which it's hard for any one person to, you know, manage to stand out. And he's managed to do that. And how about internationally? How does this look to China's neighbors? Well, I mean, you know, we're, we're living in a world in which uh, there's essentially an authoritarian revival uh, worldwide. So, you know, maybe in the 90s, this would have caught a lot more people's attention. But if you look at Turkey, if you look at the United States, if you look at the Philippines, you see some of these trends happening in a range of other countries as well. But China seems like the biggest deal. I mean, President Trump has this sort of seesaw love-hate thing going on, but he loves to frame China as our arch nemesis when it's convenient. Did some sort of Chinese threat just get bigger? You know, I'm not sure that the domestic shifts in China are directly linked towards the, you know, what, what it means for U.S. power. I, I, I think yeah. that, that's a little bit too far. The, the thing I really worry about in this scenario is really what it means for the people of China itself. Because, you know, yeah. the, 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 when, when we think about the reform era, which is now, you know, in my opinion, ending this unique period of rapid economic growth, relative political openness to uh, ideological openness to the outside world and partially institutionalized political norms this was an era where china itself was attempting to emerge from the chaos of the of the reform of the maoist era and if you really sort of think of it at that in that historical perspective you know some of the risks of what it means the, the people who bear the risks of this are really the chinese people themselves carl minzner teaches at fordham law school and he just published a book it's called End of an Era, How China's Authoritarian Revival is Undermining Its Rise. Coming up in just a beat, why China getting rid of term limits 
is bad news for Winnie the Pooh. This is Today Explained. When it comes to your health, brushing your teeth is pretty important, and Quip is here to help. With Quip, guiding pulses alert you when to switch sides, making brushing the right amount effortless. And Quip does all the dental forecasting for you. Its subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. That's probably the reason Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals and was named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year. So discover Quip for yourself. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash explained right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. In case you blacked out for a moment there, that's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash explained. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash explained. This is Today Explained. I'm Sean Ramos for him. There are lots of things you can't talk about on Weibo. Weibo is China's Twitter. It's a place where you can't talk trash about police, the army, the judiciary. But now, with President Xi Jinping's decision to stay in office as long as he wants, there's all sorts of new stuff that's being banned. They banned the word shameless, ditto for the letter N, because N could represent an infinite number, like an infinite number of terms in office, and also Winnie the Pooh. Exactly. Okay. Something like that,、um, which I know sounds so crazy and obscure. This is Jiang Fan from the New Yorker again. Winnie the Pooh has become、um, an avatar for Chi、uh, um, because、uh, several years ago there was a picture of the more portly Chi walking alongside the slimmer Barack Obama, and Chi、uh, looked like Winnie the Pooh, and Obama looked like Tigger. <laughs> Um, oh. So ever since then, Winnie the Pooh has、uh, become a, a popular、um, representation for Xi, and he does not like that at all. What was it about the photo that made Xi Jinping look like Winnie the Pooh and President Obama look like Tigger? Well, Tigger is comparatively slimmer and taller. Oh, okay. And, Got it.、Um, and Winnie the Pooh has that adorable little belly、um, that、uh, she <laughs>、um, has. He wasn't wearing he, like he, just a red T-shirt and no pants or something like that. <laughs> Even in his very formal suit and、uh, tie, you could see、um, just a little curve of his、uh, pot belly. But that. Goes to show the level of paranoia among、uh, Chinese censors, and on any public conversation that could lead to criticism, and the party realizes how dangerous even the seeds of dissent. Yeah, can be from、uh, the lessons of 1989, this very bloody democracy student protest. Getting back to that in 1989, I mean, when you think about China in 
you obviously think of Tiananmen Square and these massive protests and this huge movement that seemed to capture the country. You don't see much of that right now as a reaction to uh, Xi Jinping's announcement that they're abolishing term limits. Are people sort of resigned to this or are they happy with his administration? The Communist Party propaganda machine is very sophisticated at this point. And for the vast majority of the populace, what they're hearing through the loudspeakers or really what they're reading in the state controlled newspaper is that this is a very good thing Mm -hmm. because it ensures political stability and the country gets to focus on more important tasks like defeating the U.S., its rival superpower, and becoming the only superpower in the world. The propaganda machine wants to tell the people, is telling the people really, that Xi Jinping is the only man in China right now capable of leading the country through such a complicated transition Hmm. to make China the center of the world again, where it rightfully belongs. Jiayang, I know you you grew up in China. I know you haven't lived there in a minute. But do you have friends there who you've spoken to about this major development? And how do they feel about it? I would say that my relatives, um, they're not terribly sophisticated people. They're in their 50s and 60s. You know, they really um, do buy what the government is selling, which is that this will only strengthen the country. Hmm. When I talk to people of our generation in China, especially in coastal cities who are college-educated, there is apprehension and anxiety that his clampdown will continue, if you know, if not worsen, um, in the coming days and years. This is very daunting and certainly not good news. Jiayang Fan writes about China for The New Yorker. I'm Sean Ramos from This is Today Explained. Our executive producer is Irene Noguchi. Bridget McCarthy, Noam Hassenfeld, and Luke Vanderplug produce the show. Afim Shapiro is our engineer, and the unlimited Breakmaster Cylinder makes music for us. Today Explained is produced in association with Stitcher, and we're part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Today underscore Explained. Quip has combined dentistry and design to make a new electric toothbrush. It's got all that vibration in a slim brush that costs less than traditional electric ones. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash explained right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash explained. One last thing. We'd like to know more about you, but not in a creepy way. So please go to podsurvey.com slash explained and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you a little better. Once you've completed the survey, you can enter to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Fancy. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash explained. It helps us find advertisers. Advertisers pay for our show. You get the show for free. What a time to be alive.